What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Postgame. Unfortunately, a loss here, Ethan, to the the dreaded enemy, Kawhi Leonard and the Los Angeles Clippers. But if we're taking all of those emotions out and how much we wanted this one and how much really the guys wanted this one tonight, you could tell uh, really this was a solid performance. We're the worst defense in the league, and we basically went toe-to-toe with them when after there were like there was a timeout in the first half, specifically for the Clippers in the first quarter, when we went up 19-15 to and then they couldn't miss for the rest of the first mm-hmm. quarter after t- that timeout. And then they kind of had a little bit of slump in the third. The Spurs went up by nine. They had a timeout. And then they couldn't miss for the rest of the game. And when you just look at the rosters, and, and specifically you look at Norman Powell tonight, the, the way he was hitting shots. I mean, there were so many shots that the Clippers hit that this young Spurs team was actually playing some pretty good defense, some of its better defense of the year when you consider you know, how potent the Clippers' offense is. Um, but just at the end of the day, too much. You know, they, they have guys like you have Norman Powell, and then, of course, you've got the two all-stars, former number ones on different teams, and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And Zubak really showed tonight what he can do with screens, dropping Romeo twice, dropping Trey a couple times. Mm -hmm. Um, Late in that game, they were able to get – and this is kind of really what closed it, and then I'll dish it to you, Ethan, for your thoughts. But they were able to kind of get that switch where they were able to get Trey Jones on Kawhi where they were basically forcing in the pick and roll where they'd bring – Reggie Jackson on a screen. They were forcing Sohan to stay with him, which was then just, it's like, okay, either Kawhi's going to get a bucket on Trey Jones or somebody's going to be open because they're going to have to double team. And so when they were forcing that switch and then that double team, it was just kind of wraps from there. But shout out to Keldon for hitting that three late and kind of mm-hmm. making it a little bit interesting. Yeah. I mean, you wrapped it up pretty well. <laughs> it was just a game of, of runs pretty much back and forth the entire game. We managed to score 72 in that first half, came out with a lot of energy, great pace, pushing the ball up the court. Um, it felt like what we were trying to do was was take advantage of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard not playing every game, hoping that we could tire them out by running the entire game, running it down their throats, um, trying to pick them up at half court. Jeremy Sohan did a great job. I felt like Romeo Langford did a, a very good job against mm-hmm. Paul George for the most of the game. Paul only had 16 points. Now, he only shot 13 times, uh, but it felt like he was really doing a good job with ball denial. Um, but at the end of the game, you know, like you said, the Clippers kind of just figured it out. Like, what are, what are we doing? We got Paul George. We got Kawhi right. Leonard. We're going to just give it to them, force the force the switch on a Trey Jones. You know, they're going to send a double and he'll either score or kick it to the open guy. Most of the time it was Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson a few times, um, Trey Mann, whoever it might be. So the Clippers just have that star power and they have a really deep roster. And what's crazy about their roster, Jude, is I was I was watching, I think it was in the third quarter, and Trey was like doing everything he could to get a mismatch. He, was, he got a screen from yep. Zach and it was like, okay, well, like every time he got the switch, it was like, okay, well, this guy's also a good defender. It was like Batum, then Covington, then Morris, then Kawhi. And it was like, we, they don't have anybody that's like a weak link. And and so that's like a huge strength to the Clippers. And so they can switch. They can switch. And that's something that the Spurs had issues with at the end of the game with Trey Jones. And and I, I don't understand. I'm not in a basketball mind, but I've, I've heard other actual basketball players like retired like Charles Barkley Shaq they don't understand it either why there's such a willingness to switch when it's such an obvious mismatch like what they did to Chris Paul in the playoffs last year how they were just targeting Chris Paul uh the Mavericks I mean right and and you know it, it happens every, every year 
but I'm not. We don't have to get into that nitty gritty. Overall, a, a pretty solid game um, from Josh Richardson. Malachi Brandon looked really good in that first half. He looked comfortable. Got a couple. Got one open three, knocked it down, um, cut into the basket strong. Everyone felt like they were had their foot on the gas in that first half. Everybody was looking to score top to bottom. Like we were executing we have, like that was probably the best execution in a first half offensively I've seen all year. I know that feels like an exaggeration percent. in this game, no. but the cuts, the way it was like we're running sets and we're doing yeah. it well. Like <laughs> it was crazy. Fluidity. There was there was very little like like oh I made an accidental pass. Very little right. holding onto the ball. Too we had seventy two. Forgot to mention mm-hmm. that. Yes, yeah, seventy two in that first half, and then in the second half. It just felt like we took our, our foot off the gas just a little bit. Not even that much because we, we, we it was a game of runs, but we got outscored by 10 in that third quarter and then by two. We weren't as explosive quarter. for sure. Yeah, it, it could have also been the Clippers defense just took a took a step up when they realized, mm-hmm. oh, the Spurs team is not going to just lay over. Um, but the biggest thing, Jude, you can definitely see the improvement from game one. Yeah. Like it continues. Every game just gets better and better as far as cohesion offensively. Um, communication defensively and Sohan's offense is coming along two for mm-hmm. two from three letting the shot it fly. looks a lot better it does so things are finally starting to come together yeah just a couple other things I forgot to mention but but also kind of one key thing I just noticed here looking at the Clippers box score mm-hmm. so obviously Norman Powell nine for 11 four for five from three 26 but here's the other thing about Paul George it felt like he was quieter he still didn't even have a bad night but right 12 assists he Mm. found a way to contribute in in a different way and that's why they run him and Trey Mann you know in that starting lineup where they're kind of running Trey Mann at the point but really you can call Paul George more of the de facto point and I'm not just saying that because of this game but we know Paul George and his skill set throughout his career and you know he can take the ball up the floor and and definitely play make um, for this offense and then of course we know the killer <laughs> the efficient killer Kawhi is um, mm. more than anybody so you know his 36 tonight I mean there were so many times where there were a lot of times where Sohan obviously got taught some lessons from him tonight but there were some times where he made some good plays against him for some yeah. misses and then there were a lot of shots where he did great on defense but it just didn't matter like Kawhi like was one in that drain corner I, that's exactly what I was thinking of the left corner it's like and and even the broadcasters like Sean was talking about he's like that's great G Finch from Jeremy. It's just Kawhi is just like he's Kawhi, you know. So yeah. talking a little bit more just about some of the other Spurs tonight, though. Um, Zach Collins, I know doesn't look crazy on the boards tonight. No, he played great, but he played right. He played great. Um, really just was showcasing uh, you know, his development in the post. They were challenging him. They they mentioned this at the end of the game. The Clippers kind of were living with Zach Collins one-on-ones in the paint, and he took advantage of it. Seven for nine, one for two from three, had 17. And while he wasn't, you know, big on the boards as much as we would have liked him to be, still found other ways to contribute with four assists tonight as well. Um, And uh, looking at the boards also, Romeo had six, Jakob had six, Sohan had six. And and another thing about Sohan, the two put-back dunks. Love to see him flying through the air. Um, and just his offensive game progressing. And that's, I guess, really, you know, you would think when I'm looking at these rebounds, I'm like, this isn't the greatest rebounding game for us, but we actually won the rebounding battle tonight. Um, Zubox did have 16, uh, but other than that, we were able to do a pretty good job there. Um, really can't think of anything else, just, you know, looking at the team right now. 
or, or looking at the box score right now, Romeo, that's another one I'm forgetting. Mm. I knew I was forgetting something else. He had five assists tonight on top of just being efficient. He was able to get Kawhi on the swat and he got him off the dribble on a floater. Um, so the fact that Romeo Langford is in any highlight beating Kawhi Leonard on both ends of the floor, you know, we, we've got to take this as a win for us, including the fact that we've left our, our up to our audio, uh, lottery chances. Mm. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah, the, the two the last two statements were, were the key. Romeo is better than Kawhi and mm-hmm. we're going to be better than the Clippers after we get Victor Wembanyama. 100 percent. Yes. You know, dude, oh my gosh, this game just epitomizes why superstar players are so important, because if we just had one superstar on this team, we might win this game. Right. You know, because unfortunately, we just don't have a guy that we can give the ball. No, to. If we had Donovan Mitchell, like we win the game. Right. Yeah. We don't have anyone that demands a double team. Kawhi Leonard, as soon as he touched the ball, we sent somebody. You know, and Paul George, we were blitzing him off of pick and rolls, and he was making the right pass. Obviously, he had 12 assists. And was efficient um, scoring, even though he didn't like the scoring table up. And I love the fact that we, we win and we lose by committee. You know, nobody ever goes super crazy, uh, but we pretty much score top to bottom. Our bench always does very well. We always outscore the other team as far as bench points is concerned. Um but that's just because of our system, and we don't have that superstar player. So hopefully we can manage to get one in this upcoming draft, knock on wood. Or Devin wasn't playing tonight. You know, maybe Devin becomes that superstar player. Fingers crossed. I believe it. Well, we'll probably think. still need another one anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we can never have enough stars. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Eric Pacina in the chat earlier asked, what happened to Pirtle? I thought it was a trade, LOL. Yeah, he's in trade rumors right now, but nothing official on our end, so that's he played tonight. Um, I will say he did, and and I was going to say, it just felt like he got frustrated on some calls more than normal. Um, But, you know, did, did some good things earlier in the game, but there was a little bit of me that was thinking, like, kind of the way he was playing. I was like, hmm. This is total tinfoil hat here, but it feels like he knows he's leaving. <laughs> but yeah. maybe, you know, that that might I'm pretty sure that's reading into it too much. But still, he he did have there were some uncharacteristic things from him tonight. But I feel like that kind of is just the theme with Jakob all season, the more I'm thinking about it. Sometimes he'll have some some nights like that, but other nights he's gonna have, you know, twenty ten and five. So pretty much. Doug did not do much to help his trade value tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with the way Jay Rich is playing. Obviously, his is up. Yeah, but it's like with the way he's playing. It's like you just don't want to get rid of him. I know. But it's like, are we going to sign him to a contract extension? No. Like you know, we've just got we've got Malachi and Blake coming up. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe they surprised me with that one there. But and Romeo too. Didn't even yeah. mention that. It's just like, but yeah, it. I, with the Jakob rumors, though, it does make me like the chances of McDermott and and Jay Rich staying at least this season. Maybe we just let him go. Um, I mean, well, Doug's contract goes on to next year. Jay Rich is up without a contract extension. Um, but it does. I feel like the chances of them staying have gone up with just the Jakob news. Um, I don't know why I feel that way. I think it's just uh, maybe the way I'm watching games and the demeanor of them as well, just with how positive it is. Um, But also just with that kind of being the main trade piece and the Spurs not usually making, you know, uncharacteristically, at least they usually just make one move if they're going to make a move. 
Um, the point of where I'm going with this is, is that <laughs> Jakob Pertl is probably going to get traded. And I think that because of that, we might not make another move. But also what I was trying to get to with this is the Jakob Pertl, what we're asking. Reportedly, the Spurs are asking for two first round picks. And the more that I've kind of been thinking about it, I feel like I don't think that I feel like that's a little I mean, if you want to start there and like we're willing to go down, I'm not I'm not mad at that. Like, but I feel like we're only going to get one and then like a pick swap or if we're going to get another one, it's got to be at least lottery protected. Like we're not going to just straight up get two first round picks for him. I just don't feel like teams are going to give that much up because it's like we could just go get him in free agency if we really wanted Mm. him. The thing that sucks is, or actually it's good for us, but Rudy Gobert screwed up everything when he got six first-round picks for, for Rudy Gobert. And if you want to compare Rudy's stats to Jakob's this season, I think Rudy's averaging 12 and 10 and one block. And Jakob's averaging, I think, 12 and nine and like a block and a half. So they're almost identical. So that's where the Spurs are coming from. Like, well, look, you gave up six for Rudy Gobert, who's made a couple All-Star games. Defensive player of the year, sure, but if you want to look at their impact, it's pretty much the same, like, like statistically yeah. on paper. And there's a lot of teams this season in particular that have a chance at winning the championship. Like in yeah. the past, it's always been I Warriors agree. and Cavs, right? There's like six teams in the West that probably have a legitimate shot and like mm-hmm. five teams in the East. And they all need bigs. Yeah. And we like the Warriors need a big. The Celtics could the use Nets a big. Could the use Nets Jakob. could use a big. Like a lot of, and Jakob is probably the most valuable of those available currently for trade. And he's probably the one that's just going to most easily fit in anywhere as well. Yes. And the more I think about it, Jude, the one, the rumor that has kind of died down is the Warriors rumor. Remember that everyone was like, we're just going to swap Wiseman for Pirtle. That was going around for a while last year and at the beginning of this year. Wiseman has yet to get any minutes like this season. I think he's got like, yeah. a couple games under his belt, but has very little impact for them. Got some G League minutes too, right? Yes, he has. And um, reportedly, the Warriors are interested in trading for a big. And then they played a game, was it yesterday? On TNT, I was watching it, and they just got beat down low by Al Horford and Robert Williams all night right. long. So, And Shaq and Kenny and, and everybody, they were talking about how they need to go get a big. So... Could our relationship with the Warriors come back? Is that more likely to happen now? Because I haven't heard anything, you know, about us connected with them. I've only heard Celtics and Raptors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't even want them trade wise. It's confusing because like everyone looking in, it's like you're not playing him. You don't. You clearly don't think he can help you, or you would play him because that's your biggest weakness. So, yeah. would you even want Wiseman, or would you just want draft picks? I would be down. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. For, for Wiseman, um, I guess the more I think about it, 
he might just turn into kind of the same thing um, if, if you know, if the Spurs end up winner, winning the lottery. Um, but of course, you know, that's not guaranteed by any means. Um, so, I mean, like if we're if we can get some pit, like I don't want to just trade him straight up. Like I don't want just Jakob for Wiseman straight up. I feel like I've seen that on Twitter or just in some other places, like definitely want some picks like draft capital should be the main priority, which is what they're asking for. Um, but I would, I, I would not mind taking a chance on Wiseman, especially like I wouldn't mind just taking him and sticking him in the G League because and just trying to let our development, you know, get a mm-hmm. shot at him and see what we can do. Um, we've definitely seen Zach Collins' progression this year, um, and he has a much higher ceiling than he does. Obviously, kind of there's a little bit of Ben Simmonsness to it right now, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, because he's younger um, and because of the the relationship like the similarities between Steve Kerr and like his Spurs back background and things like that. Um, I would definitely be, be willing to take a chance on him for the second half of the year, at least. Yeah, I would agree. And I agree with what M is saying. I don't think we're going to get two first. I think maybe one first and a swap or one, two very protected first round picks, whatever it is, or a, a pick and a, and a mm-hmm. expiring contract, whatever it is. But honestly, at this point, I think I'm, totally in on the trade Jakob train as long as we get some kind of draft capital out of it or I guess Wiseman because he is still super young (laughs) and uh, has upside and he would get playing time with the Spurs yeah yeah um you know if anything uh, I see in the comments we have some people talking about how uh he's re-signed apparently I just googled that I I didn't see anything on that so yeah, I don't. I don't think. I feel like I would have heard if if Jakob is re-signed. Um, I'll go. I guess I'm on DuckDuckGo, so I'll go double check on Google. Um, yeah, I didn't but see anything, but I I don't think that that has happened yet. Um, I did see something from November of 2020. Um, you know when he first re-signed with the Spurs for his last contract. But looking at this as of right now, um, I do not see any news on that i did see something that he was willing to sign a contract extension uh, but then there's also the thing that he wants you know big money and are we willing to pay him all that so i don't know yeah uh all when i'm looking at this it's you know i there's an athletic article about um boston's interest in jacob um there's some spurs articles talking about how they're you know setting the asking price at two first round picks there is one from hoops hype from a day ago saying the spurs think um they can re-sign him but that i think is uh, that's that's the furthest i'm seeing here so i think it's still a little bit of limbo um but yeah i'm with going back to just your last point um i think that if it comes down to like overpaying him versus sending him somewhere and getting draft capital uh, on on the trade deadline. And and that's kind of what Matthew Tinnan, he's one of the, the Substack writers, independent reporter for the Spurs. Um, and a lot of other guys have kind of been talking about like the dilemma for the Spurs with him right now. Um, I'm, I'm with you, unfortunately. Like I love him to death, but uh, if that, I'm, I'm not trying to pay him $20 million if that's what he's asking. And it seems like that's around where he is asking. So I would yeah. rather just get some value out of him and then go into this lottery. And it's like, and then, you know, the other thing is too, like, even if we don't get, you know, another big back, we can just bring up Charles Basie. And Dominic Barlow, uh, you know, we were talking about this before the game. He's having a great game right now in the G League. We can go check that out 
Um, but yeah, another one in here, Emizi says Moody and Wiseman in the first for Jakob. Is that too much for Golden State? I would yeah. say that probably is. Um, but if we could get Moses Moody and James Wiseman, that would maybe make me say like, hey, I'm cool with not taking a pick if we could get a player mm-hmm. like Moses Moody. Um, I think they'd rather keep Moody, but yeah, I agree with yeah. you. If we can get him, that'd be great. Him and yep. Wiseman. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's check out this Austin Spurs game because the Spurs did get one win against the Clippers tonight. The Ontario Clippers went down, Ethan. Let's go. 108 to 100. Um, Moses Brown was down there playing for the Ontario Clippers. Jason Preston, if y'all know him, and Brandon Boston uh, led the scoring Mm. for them. But on the Spurs side, Dom Barlow by far had his best game in the Spurs organization. Um, Nine for 19, led the way tonight. Uh, 10 boards, three assists, a steal, a block, and 23 points for him. Blake Wesley still working on the efficiency, but found a way to get 14, had four steals tonight, um, three three assists, six boards on 7 to 21 shooting. Um, but that's, as we've talked about, There's and he went 0 for 3 from 3 tonight, but there's been other games where it seems just like so far in the G League for Blake Wesley, he's going to have an inefficient game for maybe like, it can be a little bit longer than just one game, but he's going to have some inefficiencies and then he's going to have some bounce back games. So inconsistent right now, but that's what you expect out of a 19 year old rookie like himself, who's kind of coming in with more of a scoring background than a playmaking background. But, you know, earlier when I put this on like midway through the fourth quarter of the Spurs game and they were in the third quarter, um, he he was like four for like 14 or something. So was able to make some shots in the clutch, which you love to see that as well. Mm. Glad he's making the mistakes in the G league rather than, you know, in an actual game. Right. Right. Now I got to ask you, Ethan, who do you think, who do you think was the Spurs second leading scorer? The Austin Spurs, the Austin Spurs second leading scorer. Yes. Was it my boy, Tommy Cousy? No, no. Oh, Oh, Alize Johnson. Yep. Yep. You want to guess the stat line? Did he have <laughs> Off the bench? Did he have twenty points? No, no. Very close okay. though. Eighteen. Yep. Eighteen points, twelve rebounds. Yep. <laughs> and, and two blocks. Didn't have two blocks, but uh, had two assists and a steal. But eighteen and twelve for Alize. So continuing to just be dominant. Our sixth man, our Manu. Not really Manu, but you know, <laughs> not Manu at me. all. But the, you know, <laughs> on the stat sheet for the Austin Spurs, mm. you can call him that. Um, Jordan Attaway, that is another player that we signed to an Exhibit Ten contract, so maybe that's somebody we have interest in moving forward. Um, mm. He had a pretty good game tonight: sixteen points, a steal, block, one assist. He's he's more of just a shooting guard, um, and that's what he had: two for six from three, six for eleven overall. Um, so maybe somebody else to pay attention to there, but really the main takeaway um, is Dom Barlow's continuous progression. He's been able to string together some good games. And, you know, speaking of that overtime elite played tonight. Um, and if y'all aren't watching that, definitely go check out um, some highlights or at least some games on Amazon prime. If y'all got Amazon prime, it's on prime video. Um, you can go watch the game replays of the Thompson twins who are going to both be lottery picks and potential Spurs so definitely go check out their team um, and also if you just want to get a little bit more background on Don Barlow as well because it feels like with his progression and just the vibe I got kind of from when they signed him as him being a long-term project um, it seems like he's developing down in Austin so checking out Overtime Elite that's probably going to be a league that produces more players moving forward 
um, get a little bit more background on Don Barlow and check out some Spurs draft prospects. So there's my rant on OT. Heck yeah. <laughs> Are you getting paid by OT, Jude? No, unfortunately not. Um, you should be. But you That's know, a really good promo. Where I'm a shill to Amazon too. Mm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we got a question from Eric. Watching Malachi tonight made me imagine where Blake would be if he mm. was healthy. Yeah, for sure. Malachi had a really solid game tonight. We've seen his development um, throughout the year, and now you know the shots fell tonight. And that's really <laughs> what it's mm-hmm. come down to for him this year. Finds the spots, you know, really just attacking what more. we've been saying. But yes, and and confidence. That's what I noticed tonight specifically. Yeah. And, you know, got beat a couple times on defense, but I like the aggressiveness. Confidence, aggressiveness. Love to see that mm-hmm. going up as well. And, um, you know, just to be able to compete physically, if he can continue to keep going at him like that. I mean, the up and under layup was tough. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember some... Really, the rest I want to say were just jump shots, but he had um, one really uh, like a tough contested layup he put on the top of the glass early on. Mm-hmm. He, he really strung his points early. Um, I think he had like seven in the first half. He only scored once in the second half, something like that. Yeah, um, but definitely looking a lot more confident, attacking the rim, and making the right pass more often. Yep, yep. Um, not getting caught picking up his dribble and just not having anywhere to go, which is obviously a big pet peeve of mine since we do it all the time. It's, it feels like, uh, but I mean, he's talking about Romeo Langford playing very well. I thought he played a, a very solid game as well. Um, very similar to Malachi. I know obviously yeah. he's like, it's different. Like he's like a third year player, so it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and that this is kind of similar with Blake Wesley, like the inconsistencies, like he'll have some nights like this or he'll go for even 20 sometimes and then he just disappears some nights. Um, but if we can see more of this out of Romeo, which I, he's going to continue to get those reps until the all star break, um, you know, maybe he ends up being, you know, a player we keep around and uh, <laughs> a piece that we didn't expect uh, to be solid going into this year or even when we traded Derek White. We were mm. really focused more on Jay Rich whenever we got that return. Um, and he's had a he's just been playing lights out too. Yeah. And I know I'm talked a little bit about that earlier, but I just I love the swagger that Jay Rich brings to the court. R- Romeo Langford, the next Danny Green or the next <laughs> Bruce Bowen? The three looks better. The three looks a lot better. His jump shot looks smoother. It feels like he kind of takes sometimes he takes too much time on his release and then he, he does. like short arms it a little bit. But when he actually just lets it fly, I mean, it, it's smooth, good rotation. Very similar to Keldon. So yeah. we got similar problems, and it's all just about taking the shots and being confident. Decisiveness. Decisiveness. We're getting better, Jude. We're getting better. <laughs> oh, the young the young Spurs. Any final thoughts on tonight's game, Ethan, before we wrap up? I'm happy with the improvement. Just keep going in the right direction and keep these games competitive. But at the end of the day, lose. <laughs> That's what we were asking for. That's what we got tonight. Although this is one that we would have really loved to have yeah. just to get that win over Kawhi. But it's okay because at the end, it was better for us with the lottery yeah. odds. Spurs will go on the West Coast. Just had a four-game road trip, and they'll start next week up and down the PNW and then really just into the, the Pacific West. It's not the Northwest. It's really just Portland on Monday, and then they have a back-to-back in L.A. Uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. And then they do kind of stay in that area with Phoenix on Saturday. Um, well, actually, no, Phoenix is at home. So, no, it's just the Portland game on Monday and then the back-to-back in L.A. 
next week. So the Spurs will have a chance to get revenge and hopefully they can beat LeBron too while they're at it. I don't, I don't know if they will. Um, but that actually, that would be the more winnable game for the Spurs uh, when it comes to that back-to-back. But he's going crazy right now. So that's going to be a tough one regardless. But hopefully they can steal just one of those LA games. Just, you know. Knock on wood, fingers just, crossed. Just so we can have it because the Spurs fans would appreciate it. Looking forward to that Drew Eubanks game. <laughs> that's Drew's so making true. a revenge game, and, baby. And then, you know, you say that and we're getting close to the DeJounte comeback game, which is I'll be a there. big thing. Oh, you will. There you go. I'll be at the and Atlanta game. That is Saturday, February 11th. I thought it was the first. Oh, wait, first. no, I'll be the one at the March. I'll be the March one. That's in San Antonio. Sorry. Okay, there you go. Well, I guess. No, yeah, and that one's in Atlanta, duh. Anyways, I don't know why I thought it was February 1st. That's the Kings game. I'll I be at the February 3rd game against Philly. There you go. So y'all, y'all all go to the February third game. You just <laughs> look for Ethan, and that's all you should do. No, perfect. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for hanging out and talking Spurs. Another L, but that's this season. If you guys appreciate our content, if you liked it, don't forget to like and subscribe. We appreciate it. If you want to stay updated with the show, follow us on Twitter. You can watch at SSPN on YT as well. You can. Follow at Jude McLaren, follow at Ethan underscore Contero, and you'll know when all the stuff is happening. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for watching. We'll catch y'all in the next one.